everybody. Uh, this is Les Bowen. I'm here with Paul Domowich and E.J. Smith. Greetings. How's it going? And we're uh, giving you another episode of the, the Bird's Eye View podcast uh, from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh, you can find it wherever podcasts are sold. Not to be, and, not to be uh, confused with the best-selling book, Bird's Eye View. That's right, uh, by Paul Domowich. Uh, a fascinating look at the, uh, the life and times of Leo Carlin, uh, the, the Eagles ticket guy for, for many, many, many decades. Uh, almost as many decades as uh, Domo's been covering the team. Almost. Not quite. Yes. But uh, we are here uh, talking about uh, last Sunday's uh, loss to the Packers and the quarterbacking dilemma that uh, erupted from that and uh, and the fact that the Eagles are 3-8-1 and, and and what's going to happen and so on and so forth. So I'll get the ball rolling with the quarterback thing. Uh, they did uh, bring in Jalen Hurts in the third quarter. Uh, the, the offense had created three points to that point and uh, hadn't gotten into the Packers' red zone. And so it was uh, time to try to do something, and they did. And uh, Jalen Hurts sparked the offense for a while. They still didn't win, and they still didn't, uh, you know, run. The offense didn't run without a hitch. There was an interception in there, and, and uh, you know, it didn't. Uh, I think Hurts was 5 of 12, uh, ultimately. But he made one fantastic play and, and some very good plays uh, with his feet. How did you guys see it, and what do you think Doug Peterson is going to announce Wednesday when he tells us uh, who the starting quarterback is going to be this week against the heavily favored New Orleans Saints? EJ, you want to go first? Yeah, um, I thought Hertz played pretty well considering, you know, everything. I mean, I think I've heard a lot of people talk about how, you know, um, well, the offense is still bad, you know, and it, it's obvious now that this wasn't Carson Wentz's fault. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, the people who were arguing that it was all Wentz's fault that the offense was dysfunctional were misguided in the first place. Um, I think it is fair to say that there was bad quarterback play and there was a lot going wrong around him. Um, and, you know, Hertz didn't solve everything. He wasn't the cure-all for, you know, wide receivers not getting separation and, and you know, lackluster protection um but I thought he played pretty well given the circumstances I thought he made things happen um you know and sort of compensated for some of the protection issues with his ability to just take off you know it seemed as if if his first read wasn't there he was just willing to you know take off and you know get what he could um so I thought he played pretty well um you know all things considered I mean again he wasn't incredible or anything like that um and I, I mean, I'll be interested to see what they decide. I feel like this season, you might as well see what you have in Hurts. I think no matter what happens, unless Hurts is like all of a sudden, you know, uh, looks like Deshaun Watson or something like that, you're going to have Wentz's, you know, the starter next year and see if you can fix him. But why not see what you have for, uh, for the next four games? It's not like, you know, it's not like the offense could get much worse with uh, with Hurts in there. Yeah, I'm torn here. Um, you know, I don't know if, if they bench. Wentz and just sit him down for the remainder of the season. Uh, you know, I, I, I wonder how that the irreparable harm that causes, whether that pretty much, you know, ends his, I mean, they can't trade him next year anyway, but uh, you know, what you, whether you can turn whether you can fix him if you do that to him uh, yet, you're right. Hertz gives them probably the better chance of, 
of, of winning a game or two here uh, in these next four weeks, uh, if, if only because of the different style he plays, not only uh, everything else. But, uh, I mean, I like the way he played Sunday. He made some nice throws, uh, made some nice decisions. You know, knows how to, you know, right now, you, what you, one of the things you noticed, particularly on the Greg Ward touchdown pass, was he knows how to escape a pocket better than, than, than Carson's been showing and, and showed yeah. on Sunday, which, you know, I mean, Carson probably doesn't get benched if he does a better job of extending plays, but he kept, he kept seeing, it looked like he was confused a lot of times when he, when he had escape routes and wouldn't take them. So, uh, and I, I'm, I still think Wentz might end up being named the starter this week. I, I don't know why. I uh, don't think there's a, a right answer and a wrong answer here. I just wonder if they might try to uh, keep him as the starter and mix in Hurts uh, because this is a bad game to, to throw in a rookie um, yeah. uh, against one of the best defenses in the league. The one thing, uh, you know, I, I, I went through um, – New Orleans' opponents, you know, because they're, they're you know, they're, they're, they have a terrific run defense, but they have not faced a running quarterback, a quarterback with any kind of elusiveness, particularly of the level of Hertz or Lamar Jackson or people like that. So, I mean, that's something they haven't dealt with. And maybe, you know, maybe if you're, if you're Doug, you're thinking, you know, running read options uh, gives the, might be the way to go. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, right now, I just have no clue what he's going to do. Yeah, I, I, both of you guys make really good points, and I don't have anything against playing Hurts, but again, looking at the larger picture, what is accomplished by this? I, you, it might give them a little bit better chance to win. I can't imagine they're going to beat New Orleans with Jalen Hurts quarterbacking. Uh, frankly, looking at the state of their overall team right now, at the way the defense played Sunday at the way the offensive line played Sunday, I, who are they going to be really from here on out with Jalen Hurts or without him? I, it, if you watched Washington and the Giants play this past weekend, those teams are better than the Eagles right now. Yeah. And obviously they're done with the Giants, but they do have another game with Washington. They're not going to win that game. I mean, I, I'd be amazed. I, Alex Smith, is playing at a really good level and Washington's defense is bringing it right now. And, uh, you know, I, they're just kind of rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic to me. I, this is like when they fired Juan Castillo and brought in Todd Bowles to finish out the 2012 season. So what, you know, I mean, obviously Todd Bowles was a better defensive coach, but did they win a lot of games because of that? No. Yeah. Uh, it and the whole and the Wentz thing is that's the thing. I mean, I don't think fans really understand the enormity of saying, "Well, Carson Wentz isn't it after all," and benching him for good until you can get out of his contract next year. You know, twenty after the twenty twenty one season, and you know how you climb out of this somehow once you've determined that you you can't fix Carson Wentz I mean that's just an enormous disaster it's not like hey maybe this other guy is just as good you know it doesn't work that way yeah yeah uh yeah I just don't uh, I think we're heading toward just cataclysmic uh 
what I think is that the Eagles need to clean house. They need a new coach. They need a new general manager. And I don't know what the chances are of that happening, but somebody's got to get in here that can fix Carson Wentz if that is possible at this point and, you know, get this organization drafting good players instead of players that fit some criteria that they've decided this week is important (laughs) instead of last week's criteria. You know, I'm fed up with everything that's going on around here right now. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a diatribe, but feel free to check to, to chip in. Well, I wrote about the Wentz contract situation in the newsletter because I do think that there was – it's a little early to sit here and say because Hertz played, you know, the part of the second half of that game that all of a sudden the Wentz era is over. Um, and I think it's kind of like the the tough pill to swallow that, you know, even if, you know, Hertz is incredible, you know, if he gets the starts and he's incredible, the Eagles have a really big problem with, you know, I, if you trade Wentz, you still have, you know, $33 million of dead money against the cap next year. If you cut him, it's like 70 million. I mean, that's just, that's not going to happen. Um, yeah. And so what you're looking at is either taking on the biggest dead money hit that any team has ever taken on by trading him. And then, you know, you run the risk of him, you know, fi- figuring it out somewhere else, maybe with like Frank Reich or, uh, you know, in Chicago or something like that, um, you know, all these different places. And, you know, if you, if you keep him, you have the most expensive backup quarterback in league history, I'd imagine. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think, you know, it's important to keep in, keep in perspective when they're making this decision that um, it's important for fans to keep in perspective that, that the next year is probably going to be first and foremost, can we fix Carson Wentz almost no matter what Jalen Hurts does. Yeah. yeah. Well said. And, and, yeah. You know, the, you're right. I mean, they're not going to get rid of him until tw- after the 2021 season, if they're going to get rid of him. Um, and while, you know, you're talking about a potentially a backup quarterback that would cost you $34 million in cap space next year, you also would be talking about a starting quarterback if that's the way it went and Hurts became the starter that, that's cost you next to nothing as a second round uh, on a rookie contract. So, I, you know, the, 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 it would get it would get a lot of laughs around the league, and that would be embarrassing that you have a guy making that much as a backup, and it would be a, probably be a distraction in the locker room to a certain degree. Um, although Carson is not the kind of guy that's going to cause distractions, so I don't think they're too worried about that. You know, my my question here right now is like, what's the motivation for Doug? I mean, does he want to keep his job? I mean, I, th- that's not a certainty. I mean, I don't think he cares yeah. if they fire him because he knows he can go someplace else. Uh, he's fed up with Philadelphia. He, you know, the, the Andy Reid spent 14 years here, and I would constantly ask him, you know, why do you want to be here when they boo you, they insult you, they, they make fun of your weight? And he would always talk about yeah. the passion of the fans, and he just loved that. You couldn't get that anywhere else. He finally found one place that did, uh, Kansas City. But that's not important to Doug. I don't think he feels the same way about that. I think he's sick of the second guessing. And, the you know, he's got a Super Bowl. He knows he can go someplace else, probably get another job. So where does that play into how you decide what to do about your quarterback this week? Uh, I mean – Jalen probably gives you a better chance going forward in these four games because of Carson's confidence level right now. But, you know, like, like you said earlier, Liz, and it, it, it's long-term, it, it creates a, a situation like for next year, you've got a quarterback that probably goes from possibly being fixable to not being fixable. So, but does he care yeah. about that? Maybe yeah. he, 
you know, does he care about keeping his job enough to want to put Jalen out there? Or does he just decide, you know, I'm going to stick with Carson, you know, we're married. Uh, he's been loyal to me. Uh, you know, I'll find, you know, if he struggles again on Sunday, I'll put the kid in. Uh, I don't know. It's, you know, we'll find out, I guess, on Sunday. I got to think that he's conscious of his reputation in this matter and what it says about Mm -hmm. him. There's even somebody put on Twitter last week, a a clip from when NFL films uh, had the coaches night uh, before the Eagles played the 49ers in there. I guess they had every, I guess it was just Doug that was Mike, but uh, before the Eagles played the 49ers in their Super Bowl year. And John Lynch is talking to uh, to Doug uh, in warmups about, boy, you you got a great young quarterback there. And Doug says something like, "Yeah, if we don't screw him up, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, here we are." And uh, you know, I mean, it's uh, I, I guess Doug can get another head coaching job just on the strength of having won a Super Bowl, but. But I got to see this as just a tremendous blot on his record, you know, and something that is is very difficult for him or Howie Roseman to just step over. And <laughs> I, I it I got to think he wants to fix Carson Wentz desperately, that that's his surest way forward. Yeah. We have no idea. You know, the Eagles thought Jalen Hurts was maybe another Russell Wilson and they should take him in the second round. A lot of other teams, frankly, did not hold that view, Yeah, uh, which I don't know. I have no idea. I like the way Jalen Hurts handles himself with us in the rare times that we get to talk to him. I think he's got the personality and the, the character to be a, a really good quarterback. But whether he can, you know, really be a franchise, like a top 10 franchise quarterback in the NFL, which is what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, which is what Wentz has been up to this season. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea, and I can't imagine they're eager to just sort of. Well, let's see if this works. Yeah. You know, but same same token, I think the fan base is totally in the okay. It's Jalen Hurts' team now, kind yeah. of uh, yeah. kind of mode. But a bigger question for and this uh, for both you guys, uh, and you mentioned less that. You know, they probably should clean house here and get rid of both Doug and Howie. Uh, is 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 Lurie willing to get rid of Howie? I mean, yeah, that's you know, to that we go back to 2014, you know, when Chip wins the power struggle. Uh, right. He doesn't fire Howie. He, he moves him over, keeps him in the organization. And when Chip finally self-destructs, he he moves Howie back. I mean, they're obviously uh, there's a close relationship there between the two of them. Uh, you know, in my Q and A's with Joe Banner, Joe just doesn't think Jeffrey's going to pull the plug on on Howie. Um, I was curious what you guys think, and whether you think it, uh, you know, and whether they need to, or whether whether they can find another way to to, to bring in another, you know, maybe maybe lessen his personnel role and bring in another uh, personnel guy? I mean, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that from both you guys. You go ahead, EJ. You go first. Well, I find it, the interesting thing I keep I keep thinking about is, you know, last year, Doug kind of got that that treatment. You know, the, you know, you're, we're not, you're not in hot water, but we're gonna, we're gonna bring somebody else in to, you know, right. implement some new ideas and write the ship. And 
you know, it didn't work obviously, but, um, <laughs> well, they, you know, and they Howie, brought in a whole crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but Howie hasn't really gotten that. And I sort of wonder if that's maybe the compromise, right. you know, if it's a new head coach, maybe it's, well, we're, you need to bring in a number two that can help you with drafting and, you know, can, you know, bring in some new ideas, you know, and just because Howie didn't have that last year, the same way that Doug did, I think that's the thing that I keep going back to when I think about, you know, who's more likely to end up out or if both of them do, you know, I think that, you know, the fact that how he didn't have that, you know, forced restructure last year, maybe that's what, maybe that's what it is this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, Howie has had a charmed life here. I, I don't think Jeffrey will get rid of him. I think he should, but I don't think he will. Howie's been here. He was here when I started covering the team in 2002, he was a lower level supposedly a contract guy at that point under Joe Banner, but he's had his hand in personnel for probably 15 years and slowly amassed more and more say he's been the general manager since about 2010, actually. And he, there was that one year that chip kind of made them sit him in the corner, but he was right there. And if you remember back that, that season, that 2015 season, I think most of us thought Chip might get one more year to see if he could, you know, implement all the things that he wanted to implement. But Jeff was way eager to pull the trigger, get him out of there and get Howie back in the saddle. He did it with a week left in the season. You know, I mean, he couldn't wait to get Howie back in charge of things. Uh, And, and, you know, Damo, because you've been here a long time, They've tried bringing in people for Howie before. I mean, this goes back to Donahoe and Tom Gamble and Mueller. And, you know, they've brought in people to, to kind of help Howie. That was the whole idea of, uh, of Joe Douglas, you know. And it, either they haven't gotten the right people or Howie doesn't really, you know, listen to those people. Or another issue that I know Jeff McLean yep. has touched on many times is, is Jeff Lurie making some of these stupid personnel decisions they make, you know, on draft choices. Uh, and that's a problem that as we see in other cities, isn't solvable. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't think Lurie's in, I mean, Lurie certainly is there listens. He was there when they drafted Carson Wentz. He was in, you know, he was out in North Dakota for dinner with the with with them. So I mean, right. he he has he plays that active role of an owner's interest in. But but we're not talking Jerry Jones here. Uh, he 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 yeah. he lets his people. He hires people that he thinks are capable, right or wrong, and then lets them do their job. You know, I disagree with Jeff in that, like with Hertz, that uh, Doug had no say in it, that he was against it. Uh, you know how. Howie is mostly collaborative. He's not, I mean, he's, he listens to people and again, doesn't always, you know, hasn't made uh, a lot of good judgments lately, but, but he does listen to people. And I, I think, I don't think Doug said, this is a bad move taking Jalen hurts with the second round. I want Jeremy chin. Um, you know, I think he said, yeah. you know, I think he was on board with it. Uh, and it makes for a nice scenario now that everything's falling apart The you know, to kind of, uh, put them at odds. 
I just can't imagine. I didn't like it at the at the moment they did it. I don't know of any other teams that have done this with a 27 year old quarterback that they just signed yeah. to a huge contract. And you know we can't belabor yeah. that again and again. But it it wasn't a great vibe right from the start. It just it 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 looked like they were really desperate to get to not make the Russell Wilson mistake again to get a backup in who wouldn't cost them hardly any money and they just said ah the rest of this yeah whatever and that's not that that wasn't a good take yeah but then you go back to the question here Uh, let's let's take Jalen Hurts out of the 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 equation here um would he is would he have struggled just as badly right now I mean how there's no way to to to, yeah we don't I don't know exactly I mean and 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 if 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 you say that he would struggle just as badly because of all the other external circumstances, the you know the injuries to the offensive line, the uh, everything else that's going on, his confidence level, his uh, you know his accuracy and decision making, if all of those things still were as bad as they are, would you rather have Nate Sudfeld yeah. as your possible option here or a young oh. kid that you think uh, you know that's a but again that we're belaboring the point there and that's a question for another day. But that's a that's a very good point, Damo, and not one that I would have thought of really. But I would counter with if you go back to the draft and smack <laughs> Callie upside the head and draft Justin Jefferson and Jeremy Jeremy Chin and uh, a good player who's ready to play in the third round, which was certainly available, rather than a project linebacker special teams guy who's now out for the rest of the season, you know does Carson struggle as much in that situation? I, you know, but yeah, you're right. We've got to move on to something else. So looking at this team and, and we, I talked a minute ago about the remaining schedule. I mean, they're not going to beat new Orleans this week. Uh, What, what do you see here as what can they grab onto other than hurts? Uh, How do they make something out of this that, makes people in any way hopeful for next season. Am I up first? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a that's a tough one. Um I mean, listen, uh, Washington won yesterday. Um you know, the Giants beat the Seahawks. Good, yeah, good. I mean, and those teams are playing way better football than the Eagles are, but you know, yeah. weird things happen. You, you know, bad teams beat good teams sometimes. Um, and you know, I, I thought the, the Eagles played better against the Packers. And I thought, although all of our predictions were pretty close um, in the yeah. end, I had 30 to 18, by the way, it was 30 to 16. <laughs> you just needed one of those two point conversions uh, that Doug's so keen on, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, the only way that I could see this year being, you know, ending on a positive note is if they finally turn the page to young players. You know, if you see way more Travis Fulgham and way less Alshon Jeffrey, you know, if Miles Sanders is actually used to a high volume. And, you know, I think, um, I mean, you're starting to see it a little bit. I thought Jordan Mailata, again, played really well uh, on Sunday night. Um, and, you know, I think that that's a bright spot, you know, and I think that, that, that the team, it's just, it's kind of confounding how every week, you know, we're asking the same questions about these younger players who just aren't getting the playing time. And, you know, I think that if there's one thing that, you know, you could point to is, you know, if the last four games of the season, they could go one and three, but Jalen Hurts is a quarterback playing well. And, you know, Travis Fulgham is back to being at least somewhat of what he was midway through the season. 
and you can all of a sudden point to some young players and, you know, go into the draft thinking, well, you know, we already have those positions, you know, figured out. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's the, maybe that's a way that, yeah. you know, the last four games of the year. Can I think, be positive. you know, a guy I want to see well, here yeah. going forward is Miles Sanders. He's just, yeah. Yeah. Boy, I, I mean, just, yeah, they need yeah. to, they won't run the ball. I mean, their the, the run play percentage is, is the worst in Doug's five years here. I realize they're trailing most of the time, but they just have no sense of commitment to the run. Uh, and yeah. Well, Sunday, they just couldn't run. I mean, take away the quarterback runs, and that was some of the most futile, you know. I, yeah, they didn't do it enough, but when you're behind and you run it once and you get meg- minus two yards, yeah, it's kind of hard to call it again, frankly. I mean, I, the offensive well, that's, line was That's the one thing with, with Sunday. You, if you put Hurts in and you run read options, uh, you know, you saw the success – that they had on a yeah. few of those uh, runs with the, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it opens, it opens seams up inside because they have to account for, you know, for Hertz, uh, you know, keeping the ball. And I, so, I mean, I, I think I, you know, the saints are a terrific run defense or a terrific overall defense, but I mean, if you got any shot at beating them, you can't just regardless of who your quarterback is, just drop back and, and throw 50 times this week. So they've got it. That's, I mean, yeah. I, I'd like to see that. I think that's, a you know, I, just let those guys up front, just pound people. I mean, maybe, you know, that, that's, yeah. that's my yeah. sense, but you know, yeah. that's my feeling. You brought up a good point about this week. Uh, maybe you go with Jalen hurts and you do that kind of stuff. Just so Malcolm Jenkins isn't <laughs> yeah. calling out every play. Yeah. you the ball. <laughs> That's going to be a huge factor this week. We listened to Jim Schwartz uh, Tuesday go on and on about Malcolm Jenkins being the smartest player he's ever been around, and and he did this and he did that, and I, as if they weren't already, you know, a terrible matchup in terms of talent. You've got a guy in the other secondary who knows every detail of this offense and everyone's proclivities and everyone's faults and and can certainly you know by every formation he has a pretty he's going to have a pretty good idea of where the ball's going uh you know maybe that's a reason to to start Jalen Hurts this week yeah yeah uh you know and Malcolm yeah when I was listening to uh to Jim go on and on about Malcolm today (laughs) Reading between the lines, and I kept thinking he's saying, "Why were you yes. so stupid to let this man go?" <laughs> yes, I caught that too. Because normally, if you're playing, yeah, you know, we've all seen this a bunch of times. When you're playing a former player, you know, you get the oh, you know, he'll tell them stuff, but you know, we're we're a different team now, and blah blah blah. Instead, it was just effusive, you know on and on and on about all the great things Malcolm played out every position and he knew like all 11 positions. And uh, I, I couldn't help but get that same, same feeling Damo that this is a man who did not want to see Malcolm Jenkins leave here the way he did uh, and have to stick yeah. Jalen Mills in there to, yeah. to try to be Malcolm. Uh, it'll be real interesting if Jim, you know, obviously if Doug gets fired, Jim probably gets fired too. And I know Doug probably is never going to say anything about what happened here, but 
there might be a yeah. day when Jim does, <laughs> and that would be real interesting to me uh, to hear yeah, his take absolutely. on this organization. Boy, that'd be a great sit down. That'd be a great Zoom call. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess uh, we've pretty much gone through this. Uh, we'll have another podcast later in the week where we'll talk more about the Saints and what a wonderful uh, afternoon that's shaping up to be at the link uh, Sunday. Uh, I understand Drew Brees actually might play. I can't imagine why they would play him in this game. Uh, I don't think they're going to have any trouble winning without him. I would let him heal. But uh, if Sean Payton really wants to pour it on, I guess he could play Drew Brees this week and, and make it a blowout. Uh, but uh, with that happy note, I guess we'll, we'll terminate this. Uh, this is our Bird's Eye View podcast uh, from the Philadelphia Inquirer. You can read all of our writing on uh, inquirer.com uh, there's you know every day there's more depth there than you get from any other news organization uh, in this market and I feel that very very strongly and I encourage you to to make use of that resource and to subscribe so we can keep doing this uh, on behalf of Paul and EJ uh, have a good day happy holidays and we'll take talk care to guys you very soon Alrighty.